The following shear has been presented by Rav Yitzchak Silber, Dayan and author of The Code of Jewish Conduct, and has been brought to you by the Beis Havad Halacha Center. I would like to talk today about the tshuva of a ganaf. We find here in today's daf the idea of takona sashovim. Chazal were yored ad seif datay shel adam. They were the best psychologists. They understood people very well. Uh, overall, the best thing is for somebody to do what Hashem wants from beginning to end. But you have over here a fellow who's a famous ganaf. Most of what he's busy with is Ganevus, and uh, it's very hard for him to become from. You know, if his wife tells him, why don't you, if he tells his wife, I want to do tshuva, I want to stop doing this, she might turn around and tell him, like in the Gemara, if you do tshuva, you, you'll, you'll have to give away even the belt that's holding your trousers up. So uh, if he does come to do tshuva, Chazal asked us to be very kind to him, and uh, not to accept. So, well, it depends what. If the gezel is still be'en, he still has that high-tech uh, recording instrument that he stole from you. Uh, if he still has it, so then he has to give it back. Uh, however, if he has disposed of it, and now he wants to pay you, uh, it's going to be very expensive for him. So, don't accept the payment, uh, because if you do accept the payment, maybe he's not going to do teshuva. Um, this is called takona sashovim. This is a special takona they did to make it easy for people to do teshuva. For famous ganovim, that uh, their, their main job is ganeva, to be able to have an easier time if they want to do teshuva. Uh, if, on the other hand, this Ganav says, I don't want your Mechila, I want to give it back, you are allowed to accept it. We will not, we will not, uh, we, we, we will not be Moicha, the Nigzal, the victim, will not be rebuked if he does receive the payment for what was stolen from him, if the thief does want to give him, pay him back. Um, so, in other words, he'll tell him, um, I don't need it, it's all right, it'll be okay. And if he insists and you did receive payment, then it's not, it's, you won't get rebuked for that. Um, if the Ganef did not voluntarily turn up in Bastin and say, I want to do Chuva, how do I go about it? But he was actually caught and dragged to Bastin and testified against and whatnot, and the Nigzal says, can or he admitted it, can I please have back my, my uh, high-tech equipment? And he answers back, uh, yeah, true, I stole it and whatever, but I'm not giving it back. So then Bastin will be of him to not return it or return payment for it if it is not available anymore. So it's only when he does chuva. this takona is only for somebody who sincerely wants to do chuva on his own accord, not if he's being forced to return things by Bastin. If the gazela itself is still in existence, then he has to give it back. However, if, for instance, he stole an iron girder and he has built it and he, he's used it he you know he broke down a wall in his house and chopped his anger into three and used it to two supports and one across the top 
and now he's built a whole wall on top of it, or whatever it is. He stole a beam, and he has built it into his house. So there's a different takonos hashovim. They realize that if you ask this fellow to demolish his whole house in order to give back the stolen piece of pipes, the stolen pieces of wire in the walls, the stolen beams holding up the bow, then people are not going to do tshuva. So he does, even though the beam is still in existence, it's still called beam, even though the wires are right there, the switches are right there, but because they have been built into his house, there is a takonas hashovim, that he does not have to give back the actual stolen articles, he can give back payment instead. Uh, this is true only about metaltalin, movables, like we said, a beam, a wire, a pipe. However, if he stole land, he extended his apartment and he went over a few inches into his neighbor's yard. So he, will, he has to now give back the stolen land. He will have to demolish his whole building in order to give back those few inches that he has stolen from his neighbor. Because there is no takonas hashovim on karka, on land. There is only a takonas hashovim on movables, metaltalin. Uh, it might be a good idea to ask this neighbor not to be so square and, you know, accept some kind of payment to, to avoid this demolition. But if he says no and he refuses, shura sadin, the, demo the demolition will take place. Okay, this, these are from the Takonas Hashovims that we are talking about. One thing I will mention is that the Shach says that if this Nignav, the victim, has debtors and uh, the, the Ganav owes him $2,000 and, and he owes $2,000 way well overdue to school fees and Gemach or whatever it is, so he will not, we will not necessarily allow him to just forego payment from the Ganef if, in, if that will entail that his debtors will not get their payment. His debtors will be able to step forward and say, I'm sorry, you can't forego what's being owed to you on our Cheshbon. Uh, what does somebody do if they have stolen from the public? Uh, they may have stolen from the public because they just... Uh, took a packet of, of, of tissues from the, from the local shul or, or whatever it is. So it was the shul's tissues and you've stolen it. Uh, it might seem simple. Well, we'll just give back a packet of tissues to the shul. That might be enough. Um, what about if he's been stealing over the years? His weights and measures are, are wrong. His scale is tipped. And he's, uh, you know, he's got something right next to the scale that every time he weighs something, he makes sure that that thing like lands on the scale too and adds 150 grams. He's been giving people 150 grams less of whatever he's been selling for years. He doesn't know who they are or where they are. How can he ever do chuva? He's been selling trade for meat as kosher. He's got no idea how to track down all his customers. He may have even been a wholesaler. How's he ever going to pay with the halacha is that if somebody ate, if you sold an isur da'iraisa as kosher and people ate it, you have to pay them back because, well, you haven't really sold them anything. It's isur da'iraisa. It was a mekach tos. That what they've eaten it, they don't have to um, sacrifice any of the payment because of the, the benefit, the pleasure they had from eating it. They're so sickened by what they ate now afterwards that you have to pay them back. So he, he, who's he going to? Where's he going to start? How's he going to pay back? It's very, very hard. He can't. You, it's very hard to pay back all these individuals you've, you've stolen from. 
Tshuva is very, very difficult. When you steal a sefer from the library of a, of a yeshiva or of a shul, you've stolen it from the public. It's very hard to know who to give it back to. However, when you've stolen it from a particular public place, even though there are a hundred partners in this shul library because they all, all pay their membership and uh, the sefer was donated to everybody, it does make sense that if you give back the same safer to the same library that you have put things right, you've paid back to the right, even though there might have been less than a shavaprutta to each individual partner, etc. But it does make sense that that would be quite a reasonable chuva. But if you've stolen from a lot of individuals, selling them tray for stuff or under, underweight or, or whatever it is, it's very hard. You don't know who to, who to return the, the gazelle to. You don't know how much it is or when it's from or who it's from. So what should you do so the Gemara over here in Baba Kama, Daf Tzadi Dalad, and in Beit Tzadav Choftes, says that you should do Tzarchei Rabim. Maybe you should dig wells for the public to have water to drink. In those days, the water didn't just come in a pipe. You didn't just turn on a tap and have water. You had to dig wells, which would, the rain would gather in during the, the, the winter months when there was a lot of rain. And people would use that the whole way through the summer. You see Gemara's about people, Nakdim and Ben-Gurion, borrowing or people buying wells from each other. So dig wells for the public. Nowadays, maybe pay the electric and the water bills of the local shul, or who, depending on what kind of people you, you stole from. Maybe, maybe put a, a bench, in the, a park bench in the, in the street for people to sit down on their way home or whatever. Maybe street lighting in the way, way your store used to be. Or, you know, do do something. Let's say Ls the rabbim, do do rabbim. Something that the rabbim needs, um, with the hope that the people you stole from will also benefit from this new path where you've built and the the light that you've put over it every night. It is not proper tshuva. This is not the heishev esagzela asher gozal. You're not really giving back the gzela to the right person, but you just hope that Hakadosh Baruch Hu will give you a kapora because you're doing whatever you can. If afterwards you will, you, it, it, will, it, it will become apparent who you stole from, then you do have to pay him back. If somebody will come back to you with a receipt of the meat that he bought from you, with a, a claim that he's the one that you tipped the scale on, so you will have to pay him. This takana is only a takana, the, the best of a bad job, but uh, you, will, you will have to pay properly. Um, the... Avas Chesed, Chavetz Chaim in his Sefer Avas Chesed brings from the Shalor that maybe you want to donate Sforim to the local shul. The Igris Moshe, Moshe Feinstein, says in one of his Chavas that uh, do be careful when you donate this new Shas and Shulchan to the local shul, which you're really giving back because you, you stole from them. He says, do be careful to not, not to get the respect which is due to the normal Mepharsimim Oisei Mitzvah because you should you just have to give it back quietly give give donate this to the shul quietly without getting that respect that big shkayach that the shul would usually give for someone who gives so much tzedakah. Uh Bastin will not force a person to do this tzorchei rabim as we said it's not really a proper hashava. Uh, another problem is when you steal from a public company a limited company. Uh, how do you pay back? You went on tran- a transport, a, a trip, and you didn't pay. So you've stolen less than a shavaprutta from all the 4,000 shareholders. How do you pay them back? Some of them are goyim. You don't have to do hashavatun akum. 
how, how do you how, how how do you pay back? What can you do what to, to pay back? You've stolen maybe from the government, the, the from a, from the local council. You know, there's a lot of Jewish partners in in this. How how do you pay back? When do you pay back? I, I would like to imagine that if you pay back, just like you give the tissues back to the shul, the same shul, even though you gave it back five years later and some members have left since then and some new members have joined since then, I would like to imagine that that's the way every limited public company runs their, their, all their issues. And if you ask the legal people of public company law, they'll probably tell you that's the way things work. You do have some trustees. Uh, although their, their responsibility, their liability is, is limited, and that's why they're called limited. And it, it is quite understood that if, uh, if, if somebody bought merchandise on, on credit on Tuesday and then paid for it on Wednesday, if there was somebody who had shares on Tuesday which he had sold by Wednesday you know, or, or the other way around, it, it just carries on like a public company with all their, with all their affairs and all their income and outgoing. As, and if you buy, buy and sell shares, we're not very interested if there'll be the same shareholders um, or not at the time when you pay back. It would seem that you can pay back the public company and you will be yoitza at least this kind of chuva, probably a lot better than this chuva. A limited company probably does attain its own name and just like if you do dealings and you buy and you pay on credit, buy on credit and pay later, so, so too if someone stole and then repaid, it would seem that that would be a, quite a good hashava. Uh, sometimes you could have a situation where you stole from two people and you don't know which one of them. Uh, do you have to pay them both back? Well, it depends. If they don't know anything about this and they come over to you and you go over to them and say, I stole from one of you, I don't know who, then I stole $100 from one of you, I don't know which one of you. They, they're not claiming. They don't know for sure anything. You could put down $100 on the table between them and let them decide how to split it up. However, if you're really worried about the Oynish from Shemayim, you should really pay back each one individually. Uh, that's when you, you know, came and told them the news that you had stolen from them. But what happens if two people come to you and you know you've only stolen 100, and Reuven and Shimon both say you stole that 100 from me, and you say, I stole from one of you, I don't know who. But because they are claiming it with a Tainus Vadai, you will have to pay both of them 100. Uh, if someone steals a disputed article, they're, they're in the middle of a din Torah about who exactly owns this uh, truckload of, of uh, light drinks, and you went and stole three boxes. So hopefully whenever the din Torah decides whose it is, that's who you'll pay back. However, if they're in the middle of a kol alim gvar, meaning there's no prop of sack from Bastin, Bastin are stepping aside and letting the course of events take their, you know, whoever's the survival of the fittest, there are certain dinim that are like that, and you stole from the, the mats of, of kol alim gvar, this truckload of drinks that was a kol alim gvar kind of story, and you stole, you might have to pay both of them back. Um, you don't know who the real owner is, so what's going to be. So any Mormon Hamutal Basophic would be a serious Shiloh if you stole it, who to pay back. Um, if you stole from somebody and you're not sure if you paid him back, even if he is not demanding anything from you, if you want to be Aitsiadesh Maim, you should pay him back. But if you don't know if you stole from him or not, you approach someone and say, I'm not sure if I stole from you or not then even lots of you do not have to pay him anything back. 
Uh, we're talking about Hashava. You're going to see the Mishnah of if someone stole and swore and admitted, he has to run even to Modai. He has to run great distances to do this Hashava. Uh, there are eights for particular Matzovim, which we won't go into. A regular Ganav who has to give back a Ganeva, the stolen article. It is, you do not have to run, if you stole something over here in New York, you do not have to run all the way to Australia to give it back to the owner who has moved there. You could call him up and tell him, I have it here for you, and you can come fetch it whenever you want, and that's enough. Let him come and fetch it from you. Uh, on the other hand, if you stole it here in New York and you're the one who moved to Australia, it seems quite straightforward that you should have to give it back to him over here. You can't say, here it is in Australia, come get it. Uh, it's better than nothing, but it's probably not a Hashava Ma'alia. Uh, do not give over the gazela to, you, you stole something without, maybe even by accident. Don't give it to his son or his, uh, his shliach and tell them, here, take it to your father. If you've done that, you're a bit like a shemesh, a masal shemesh. He's, he's also a bit of a, it might be the best way of giving it back. But if he has appointed them as being his official messenger, then you can. If not, then you're not allowed to give it over to someone else. You have to give it to him. Uh, you can go to your local bastin and put it down on the table and tell the bastin that I'm not going all the way to Australia to give this back. I am putting it here and whoever's going that way can take it. And uh, I can't afford the journey. And here it is. And you are Mekayim with that, the real mitzvah of Hashova. Um, what about if the Nigzal has died? You stole something from him and he's since passed away. So give it back to his Yorishim, his inheritance. That is, is if it is still in existence. If it's no longer in existence, then you have to pay for it. If it's still Ken Shegozal, so then give it back to his inheritors. If it's not, then pay back to his inheritors, just like you would have paid him back. Um, Okay, what happens if a person is, uh, what, what happens if a person wants to do tshuva and he doesn't know where he's going to find the nignav? He doesn't know where, is, where, where the thief wants to do tshuva and he doesn't know who, who, where, how to give it back. So it, I did see one, one of the mechabrim of our day write that what you should do is you should decide that if ever, you write, that, write down a paper that if ever Leonovi will come and tell me who he is, or if ever he will come and demand his money from him, I will give it to him without any problem, straight away. Uh, I'll give him either the article if you have it, or, or the, the payment if you have it. And after that, you're called an onus. It's, it's, it's beyond your power. You, you can't do anything. And uh, that, that's, that's, that's as much tshuva as you can do. Lemaisa, you've for sure done the tshuva ben adam l'shamayim, and you should also do vidui and charotza, nazivah sachet, kabbalah la'osid. That is good enough for al chet, but for another human being, you, you haven't really done a proper tshuva. It's better than nothing. It's the maximum that you can do in the present situation, but you haven't really done a proper tshuva. Um, someone who stole from his friend, he stole $10,000 from his friend in the yeshiva dormitory in his store in New York. He pocketed this $10,000 and walked off with it. Now they're in the mountains and their car's broken down and they've got to stop out in a tent over Shabbos next to the road. Uh, he's still got this $10,000 on him, takes it out from his pocket and says to his friend, here, I stole this from you, I'd like to give it back to you. 
what? Over here, out in the mountains, when we're living in a tent over Shabbos, how am I going to watch over it? I refuse to accept it over here. You stole $10,000 from me, you're, you stole it in New York, you'll give it back to me in New York. The Ganav is not Yetzer Din Hashava. The Nignav can refuse to accept it from him until they get back to civilization. But if he returns the money in civilization, that means he stole it in your store and he, tu- he turns up and gives it back to you at a wedding in a civilized, built-up civilized area, then you say, well, what am I going to do with it at a wedding over here? I can't take my jacket off if I've got that kind of money in the pocket. Nevertheless, you do have to accept it from him in a, in a civilized, built-up area. Um, where could you demand the, the, uh, where could you demand the return? You, you, if you want your $10,000 back, it's irrelevant where he is. If he's in the desert, if he's in the, in the, in the town, wherever he is, you could go just like in Halvor, wherever, if you've lent someone money, you could ask it back, either the, the stolen article or the money, the payment for it. You could ask for it wherever you, you could, um, no, if, if sorry. If he has stolen money, if, he's, if the stolen article is not anymore in existence and he's paying money, it's got a din of havar, you can ask for it back, demand it back anywhere and everywhere. If the stolen article is no longer in existence, uh, if the stolen article is still in existence and uh, you want back the stolen article, so then it's got a din of a picodon. If you gave someone something, for, deposited something with somebody for safekeeping, that you can only ask for it in the place where it was stolen, where it was deposited. You can't ask for it in the middle of the desert. Can you please bring it to me here? You could ask for it where it was stolen. But if it's money that's being returned, you can ask for it. Please bring it out to the desert over here. Uh, even though the Ganav has given back what he stole or paid for it, he does not have Mechila yet until he appeases the Nignav and asks him to please be Meichel him. The Rambam brings this in Hilchus Tshuva. The Chinuch also brings it. The Shulchan Aruch did not uh, only brought this in Nizikin, not in Gezela. Uh, in Sefer Chasid, there are other things that you have to do. So if you've get, given back the money, it's not enough. You still have to appease him and ask him Mechila. A Ganef and a Gazlan, Apostle Edus. You can't trust them. They're not straightforward when it gets to monetary things. They are out to steal and therefore they're Apostle Edus. And therefore, even though they have given back what they stole, they are not yet kosher le'edus until they do full tshuva. That means they accept on themselves never to do this kind of thing again, and they stand in front of Hashem and do vidui, admit what they've done, and are remorseful about it. Vidui, charota, and aziva sachet, and kabbalah la'asid. Shkeach. The Daf Yomi Halacha series has been brought to you by the Beis Havad Halacha Center. To reach the center for halacha consultation, service, educational seminars, or media, please call 1-888-485-VAD. That's 1-888-485-8223. To sign up to the BHHJ, the Beis Havad's weekly interactive e-journal, please visit www.bhhj.org or you can email us at office at the halachacenter.org.